wondered how taboo, shame, and lack of good sexual education have stripped away elements of pleasure in childbirth and parenting that are essential to loving, intimate relationships? Join me for another episode of Orgasmic Birth Podcast, Pleasure in Pregnancy, Birth, and Parenting, as we break down and heal barriers and open the door to more love and intimacy in birth and life. considered having an orgasm to start labor? Have you thought about how your place of birth, preparation, and the support you have make a difference in your birth experience? Hi, I'm Deborah Pascali Bonaro, founder and director of Orgasmic Birth and host of the Orgasmic Birth podcast. Today's guest, Andrea Hauser, will be discussing how multiple orgasms finally started her labor at 42 weeks and six days. Yes, don't miss this story, right? Andrea is a doula, a coach for couples. She lives in Barcelona, Spain with her two sons, Arlo and Nico. Her partner, John, is from the US and she's from Switzerland. She specializes in preparing couples for their birth, but also for the time afterwards with the newborn and how to become a strong team and to stay a loving couple. Her support is mainly online, where she is with the couple before and after birth for six to eight months. Andrea and her partner organize baby moon festivals for couples to have fun for a weekend and to bond and prepare for their big day together. Andrea, with all your wisdom and your own experience, I know that we're all, including me, looking forward to having you share how multiple orgasms finally started your labor at 42 weeks and six days and all that happened from there. Welcome. Hello, Deborah. So nice to be here. And I'm so excited to share my birth story with you. Well, I'm excited too. And I'm always curious, right? As a doula, you hear this too. We often hear how the same person has such different birth experiences with each baby. Each baby's unique, but often people tend to put more effort into exploring options for their second or third baby. And I think your story is like clearly shows how you had two different birth stories. Can you just briefly tell us about your first birth? And then we'll get into, you know, how you prepared differently for your second. Yes, absolutely. I would love to. So, and yeah, this is such a good question as well, because first and second births are most of the time so, so, so different. With my first birth, I went earlier into labor, first of all. So I wasn't really stressed about that. And I was very fit, like physically. I did a lot of prenatal yoga and I thought in my head, yeah, this is going to be very easy. And then after 17 hours in labor, I was pretty exhausted and I wasn't prepared mentally. I was physically very fit and prepared, but mentally I wasn't. And also I didn't know, I didn't have the experience yet, what it means to really connect with your body and to go for it and not to feel ashamed and not to see it as something bad happening to you that everything that happens is very natural and very good that it happens. So I would even say I was overwhelmed at times with the close contractions coming back. And I was so happy already then that I had my birth partner, my, my partner, John, I, I couldn't have done it without him. So when I got pregnant again, I knew that 
I want to be prepared mentally, especially what it means and mentally that it's something very positive. Yeah. I, I really love how you say that, right? Because birth is that body, mind, spirit, intimate kind of event. And that's, I hear that a lot, right? Of like, we don't prepare on all those levels the first time seeing more of the physical challenges, but not the rest. So tell me more, what did you do differently? How did you connect your mind and your body and all the ways that you prepared? I did, um, yeah, I did a lot of hypnobirthing and app as well. And I did a lot of meditation and I tried to just meditate and, and tell myself whatever happens in my body, I'm so curious, like to know what happens. And I'm so excited to have this birth experience again, because even when the first birth was very challenging, once it's done, you feel so powerful. You, you feel like everything is possible. And I was really looking forward to have that experience again. But in the same time, I wanted to change that feeling of getting overwhelmed into something very positive. So whenever I had a moment of, oh, I don't know if I managed to do that, what if it goes again 12, 15 hours? I kept telling myself, no, it's something good. You want strong contractions. They need to come back. And you can totally let go because you have the right support. So everything is taken care of. Uh, I love that beautiful, positive affirmations, right? In how you framed it. And did you have a different provider or place of birth or any different support? Did you change any of that? Yes. The first time I was giving birth in Switzerland in a birth center, and I was traveling at the time a lot still with my job. So I had to go and visit um, care providers like once in South Africa, then in Europe, then in the US, in New York. And um, that made it really difficult. And the last then four months, I stayed in Switzerland and I had my midwives from the birth center and that was perfect. And the second time I planned a home birth and I had my midwife the whole time. And I have to say, this is genius. This is really, this is so well-invested money that you have your midwife, that you can just pick up the phone and call her. And you have the, 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 this amazing support. And you know that you're in such good hands. Isn't that beautiful? And that continuity, right? Of like one person. Mm-hmm. And of course they have backup in that too, but it's a more intimate. How would you even compare? I always love to ask this because I think people don't know. Like when you went to prenatal visits and oh my goodness, all around the world, you did prenatal visits. Like about how much time did people spend with you when your place of birth was different versus how much time did your midwife spend with you when you were having a home birth? I saw her, I would say every, every two to three, three weeks, I would say at the beginning to get to know each other, that she would just come to our home, have coffee, talk to my partner, get to know my partner. She even had lunch with my partner once, which I found so cool. And she was like, we do the birth preparation. Oh, I want to do it without Andrea. Let's just do it you and me. And they went for lunch and the beer. And <laughs> I found that genius because he felt so like special and that he's like, oh, I was with the midwife of Andrea. And it's, it's not always all about me, right? Because partners, they can very often, they can feel a bit left out. 
and then at the end I saw her pretty regular like uh, yeah just that she would come to me or I would go to her working place and compared to others what were the other first pregnancy prenatals were they as warm and welcoming and fully getting to know you no, no, that wasn't like that at all. It was more like, okay, I have to do the scan. I have to do this test. And it was also um, that I got a bit um, worried because they told me I have to do further tests. I didn't understand what they mean. I met another doctor. She was like, your baby's too big. You need to have a plan C-section. And I was really confused. I was like, no, I don't want to have a C-section I got a second opinion, what I highly recommend always to do that and talk to a midwife, then another person again. And she was amazing. And she was like, no, you, you are very tall and you have a big baby and that's totally fine. <laughs> and I think you, you're capable of doing that. And uh, do you feel you can do that? And I was like, yeah, this is such a different approach. Then you have a big baby, you need to have a C-section. Beautiful and wonderful that you trusted that intuition to keep exploring. And I I really hear you. I think second opinions are so important, but Mm -hmm. the most important was checking in with yourself that your own wisdom and connection to your baby knew what you both needed. Mm -hmm. So let's take us now that, you know, you've chosen a home birth, right? You're really getting a good relationship. And I love that both you and your partner had that special time with your midwife as well. So birth is approaching. And, you know, often we hear people, you know, getting pressure to have a baby at 39 weeks, 40 weeks. So tell us where were you and how was that feeling? Yeah. So I was so sure, Deborah. I was so sure that with 40 weeks, I'm going to have this baby. And everybody was like, oh, it's your second baby. Oh, they come early. You know, they come early. But then 40 weeks passed, 41 weeks. Okay, still okay. My first baby was also a week late, still okay. But then 42 weeks arrived and I was like getting worried. And then one, two, three, four, five days. And there emotionally, I was like, I couldn't anymore. I was really, I was really just crying, hormonal. I'm a doula myself and I know a lot, but I was like those hormones and then everybody contacting you and like, this is dangerous, Andrea, you're in danger and you're 42 years old. And they would have induced me long, long time ago if I would have given birth in a hospital they induce you latest 40 weeks. So I was already three weeks late for them. And then you start to ask yourself all those questions because you're like, okay, maybe I don't see it correctly anymore. Maybe, maybe I'm putting myself and my baby in danger. And what if something happens? And all those questions go through your head. And in the end, it's like, the midwife who really, really called me down that I was calling her and crying. I was like, I don't know if, if I can do this. And she was like, everything is all right. Everything is good. Just hang in there. Trust your baby. It needs more time. And this was so beautiful. Like looking back that she just knew. She, know, she knew me. She knew my body. She knew my health. And she was just certain that everything is all right. And that's just no stress. And luckily, 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 I had a home birth because my birth experience would have been so, so different if I would have given birth uh, with an induction or in a hospital or, yeah, so 
that was really, really great. But then I had this very emotional low. And I also had the feeling this baby is not moving anymore. You have all those questions then. I called my midwife yes. and she's like, Andrea, you have to go to the hospital immediately now. And I was like, I don't want to go to the hospital because they're going to keep me there and they don't let me go. And then I was like, I'm not going to the hospital. And she was like, you go to the hospital, you have to go. So I had to go to the hospital and they listened to the heartbeats, 45 minutes of the scan. And they were like, everything is all right. We would like you to go home and come back in the evening that we can induce you. It's time to induce you now. And then I left and said, yeah, of course, I'm going to think about it. Yeah, <laughs> said goodbye, went home. And then the next day I saw my midwife. She wanted to see me and John. And she was like, okay, I am going to do a sweep now. So she did a sweep. And then she told John to come in as well. And she was like, you're going home now. You're going to make sure that Andrea has multiple orgasms tonight. <laughs> and this is, this is a prescription. And I thought, this is so awesome. I, I mean, I had tons of prescriptions in my life, but never a prescription for having multiple orgasms. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah and she even looked at John she was like I don't really care about you but for her it's a must and so yeah we went home we gave our son the way to neighbors for a sleepover and we had a really fun night uh, we watched a movie I even drank a glass of wine and we had so much fun and and I had multiple orgasms and guess what the next morning at 6 a.m I wake up because of contraction and this moment of waiting almost three weeks this was just I was so extremely happy I, I couldn't welcome this contraction more than like I was so excited when the second contraction came <laughs> oh it's so beautiful and Andrea the fact that you and John were so open and I love how your midwife called this a prescription right yeah. such a a beautiful way of trusting both of you, your baby, and this ability to, to start labor. So as labor began, what were you feeling now from just a different approach from your preparation? You said you were welcoming those sensations, right? Those contractions. What else was happening for you and John in the early phases? Yeah, so I, I got up. I was so excited. I, I couldn't sleep anymore. And I started washing and cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> Women do all kinds of weird things, but I just wanted to distract myself and not be on the phone with an app or something to wait for those contractions coming back, because that means, again, you're in your head. And I just wanted to let it happen. And I was so positive about it that I, I was pretty sure they will come back, those contractions. I, I trust my body. I trust what I'm doing. And I just started washing and cleaning. And my partner got up at seven and he was like, are you okay? And I was like, yes, it started. <laughs> and he was really excited. And then he was like, okay, I'm going to get our son. I bring him to daycare. And I come back and I bring croissants. And that's what he did. And he came back at around nine. And we had coffee and croissants and we had a good laugh and talk. And he started setting up the birth pool. And I just, I was in the house trying to keep myself busy. And when I had a contraction, they were by then around 30 seconds, 45 seconds. I just stopped quickly. 
was doing a breathing exercise and then kept doing what I was doing before. I called my midwife and was like, look, I think I'm very early, but this is, yeah, 30 seconds, 45 seconds. She was like, okay, sounds good. Keep doing what you're doing. And then by around 11 o'clock, my midwife came. And by then I was on the birth ball in front of the fan because it was very hot in Barcelona. And there I was already very concentrated. And what were you doing for comfort? Yeah. What was helping you? So there, when I started to really focus, I, I had what I really worked for me perfectly. And I, I could imagine that this works for loads of women. I had this image that whenever a contraction came back, that I totally open up and I make so much space in my body for this baby to come. I saw myself like almost like, like a balloon opening up, opening up and opening up. And my partner, he counted me through the contractions that really helped me. He used some acupressure points here on my shoulders and on my lower back, which was really nice. I had a tense machine I tried out, which was nice as well. It's a very mild pain relief, but it was nice. And especially we, we had a good laugh and, and, you know, a good cuddle or um, during contraction breaks, you know, just affirmations that I'm doing great and, you know, that this is so exciting. And yeah, and mostly what I was also so amazed about is and not to feel ashamed at all is I connected while touching myself uh, my, between my legs and I touched my vagina and my clitoris. And that was so amazing because it really helped me with the pain. And I was so amazed that it helps me, that the pain gets less when I'm connecting and when I'm touching myself. And we even have that on camera and I find it so amazing and how I went into those contractions because it doesn't really look like painful when you see that. It looks like I'm in, like enjoying it a bit, but you know, and in the same times, it's an intense feeling. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that because I think more and more people do, but don't want to talk about it. Right. And we know even from science and of course, the most important is your own experience, right? That we can transform pain to pleasure when we touch or use techniques that open us to birth and certainly clitoral stimulation, vaginal stimulation, um, and feeling safe enough. I love how you said, you know, you didn't feel ashamed. Now I'm sure people are thinking like, I'm thinking like, were you all alone? Was your partner there? Was the midwife like who was with you at this time? Yeah, it was my partner and my midwife, but she is very welcoming for that. Absolutely. I know that. <laughs> so it was really no shame. I mean, I knew I, I cannot shock her. I, I cannot. So this right. is such a good feeling to, to know. Yeah, she watched us for like maybe half an hour, 20 minutes, but she, she really left us the space. Like she just checked if everything is all right. And she left us the space. And then at the moment she was like, you know what, you've got this. I'm going quickly downstairs. There's a coffee place restaurant. I'm going to get something to eat. And if something is changing, you call me immediately. And we were like, okay, yeah, great. And I think all of us, my partner, myself, and the midwife as well, I think we all had in our head that this is going to take 
a bit longer than it actually was because I was already very far ahead, but nobody knew that. <laughs> so she left. <laughs> and as soon as she left, I got this weird feeling, and that happens a lot when you have the transition phase, where you don't know what to do anymore. So I was like, I don't know if I want to stand up, if I want to lay on the floor, if I want to be on all fours. I just don't know what to do anymore. And I got really restless and nervous. And then my partner was like, you know what? Let's go into the shower. And we went into the shower and he has those, those workout, workout ropes and he was hanging them <coughs> in the window. In the shower? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's fantastic. That's a great idea. Yeah, I love that idea too. It was his idea, yeah. I just saw it when I came into the shower and he was like, hang on to them. So I was hanging on to them and he showered my lower back. The other funny thing is, that in Spain, we have those showers who all of a sudden they turn cold then all of a sudden they turn warm again. But you know what? It was actually genius because it absolutely distracted me from the intensity of the contractions, which were by now really intense. And as I said before, I didn't understand. I was fully dilated by them. Wow. And I didn't get it. And I was like, okay, this is very intense. And I was already like a bit worried at this moment, to be honest, because it was like, what if this keeps going for five hours? Because this is getting now intense. And again, I connected, I touched myself between my legs and my partner was awesome, just, you know, helping me. But little after that, I was like maybe 15, 20 minutes in the shower. I was like, you know what? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And he's like, okay, go into the birth pool. They set up the birth pool. Everything was ready. And I barely make it to the birth pool. <laughs> and of course, in my head, I was like, oh, finally the birth pool and I can relax and float a little bit. No, no. I was in that birth pool and my body told me like to go on all fours. And I started roaring like a lion. And I was almost a bit shocked about myself and how my body completely took over, like absolutely took over. And I started pushing. Wow. Now I have to ask, where's your midwife at this point? Has she finished your meal and come back or are you calling her? She's still in the restaurant. And you know what? I got so nervous at this moment because I was like, John, I'm pushing. And he was like, no, you're not. No, you're not. I was like, yes, I'm pushing. And I was like, oh my God, put on the candles, put on my music. Where is the camera? So he was running around trying to get the camera and put on the candles and he forgot to inform the midwives. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this midwife, she had a sixth sense and she, this food didn't come, but she was getting up. She was like, this is taking too long. I have to go back. Somehow I feel Andrea is faster than we all think. And she was right. So she's ringing the bell and she hears me through six floors. We, we live on the top floor in the attic, roaring like a lion. And she was like calling the other midwife. She was like, I'm not sure, but I think we are too late. So she takes, in her words, the slowest elevator ever in her life <laughs> to get up. She comes into the room. She sees me in the birth pool. The baby is not here yet. She listens to the heartbeat. And then two minutes later, I'm saying, the head is out. She touches the water and she's like, Andrea, 
this water is too hot. You have to stand up. And I was like, no, I'm not standing up. I feel great. And she was like, no, you have to stand up. It's too hot. So my partner and she, they lift me up. My partner stands next to me in the birth pool now. And I'm standing there again, connecting with my hands and having my hands between my legs and, and feeling his little head. And this was such a beautiful feeling and so powerful, like the strength in your body and, and just standing there and feeling this baby arrive into this world. And, and then I had this amazing, amazing, I don't know how that happened, but this oxytocin rush that was just floating through my body. And, and I turned to my partner and I was like, I love you so much. And, and we started kissing and, <laughs> and then my partner, they were slightly confused and they were like, do you want to push? Do you maybe want to push a little bit? And I was just standing there. I was like, I'm not pushing at all. I just, letting my body do what it knows what to do, right? So the baby came out with a tiny little push maybe, but all by itself. And we grabbed him and just took him in our arms and, and here he was. And it's also this experience from standing up and, and catching your own baby was just out of this world. This was, I was so, so grateful. So, so absolutely grateful. Andrea, like I'm cheering up a little bit. It's just so beautiful, right? And to hear how connected you and your partner, John, and your baby were and oxytocin, that love that connected you all and to be kissing as you're holding your baby's head, kind of that in-between world moment, right? But really surrounded and engulfed in love. Oh my goodness, that is just so beautiful. And that your midwife just came. She knew at that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Truly, I have to wipe my eyes here oh, for a second. Yeah, it was very emotional, yeah. Really, when birth, it happens in nature's design, when you trust your body and your partner and your baby, right? You talked about feeling so powerful, even in your first birth, right? Mm -hmm. That even the challenge brings you to power. Yeah. How do you, how were you feeling in the moments after? I, after just immediately after giving birth. Yes. An amazing oxytocin rush. And you know, you would think that in my head, I was like imagining myself many, many times. I saw myself giving birth the second time. I think this is very good too, that you see yourself, how you give birth. And I always saw myself like, oh, I'm going to be crying. But actually I didn't at all. I was just this pure. And when I look at the pictures, this is this pure happiness from within. And you cannot, you cannot... I don't know. It's just, you, you see it on pictures. It's, it's on the screen. You cannot describe that. It's this pure happiness you, 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 you have in this moment and this oxytocin rush and this gratefulness that everything happened the way it happened because it wasn't very sure because I was so long overdue and everything that came together. And as you said before, it's so, so, so important that you have the right support that every woman can be a goddess for birth. And I think every woman deserves to be a goddess for their birth. So beautiful. I love that. Every woman is a goddess in birth, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think 
Ina Mae Gaskin, a midwife, has a quote that if she doesn't look like a goddess, something's wrong, right? We're not caring for her in that way. And you were just surrounded by such love and support. So I have to ask this, and I don't know if you can speak for John at all, or like, how do you think he was feeling during this time? I think he was actually, he told me, (laughs) he was actually really relieved that it didn't take another 17 hours. (laughs) (laughs) This is very honest. He's a very honest partner, what I love about him. But I think for birth partners, it can be exhausting. And nobody says that, actually, because they're afraid maybe that the women are like, okay, I'm giving birth and I have to do the job. So you're not complaining about hours. But if they're honest, sometimes they can be exhausted after so many hours. And right. he was my support person. And the first birth, he couldn't leave my side because I was so overwhelmed at times that I was like, I just really need you. And so the second time, he, he was expecting that as well a bit. And then he was like, oh, my God. That was so fast. It's like, oh my God. And he was really like positively surprised. So can I ask you this? Like, would you call your birth an orgasmic birth? Definitely. In a way, I would definitely call it an orgasmic birth. And it hasn't got to do with having orgasm. Not at all, right? Right. You say, Deborah, yeah. It's really the connection. The connection, first of all, with yourself, with your body, not to feel ashamed with your partner that your partner feels comfortable, that he's happy to be there, that you have fun, that you're excited to be there together and to have fun in a way. Yeah. So Andrea, I just love that you talk about, you know, having fun and you made these moments both in beginning labor and in the moments of the early labor to laugh in between, to connect. And even when you're pushing, right, to have that kissing and intimacy. So opening yourself fully to birth. So I have to just ask, like, I feel that birth, right, is the day that we never forget anybody that's ever given birth. And I believe that birth sets us up for how we start feeling about our body and can impact our intimacy. And you do so much work with parents in this journey in the next several weeks and months into parenthood, do you feel that your birth and that intimacy that you brought with John as well into the birth has impacted your kind of first weeks and year parenting and your relationship? Yeah, this is so interesting that you asked that question because this is exactly what I'm saying to couples who work with me that it's so important how, how they prepare for their birth, what a team they become. And this has such a big, big impact of how those first weeks and also years that follow are because being a strong team is like during pregnancy already, it doesn't start when you have the babies. And then it's all very chaotic most of the time in a positive way. But yeah, really become that team. And I think, I already realized that for our first birth, what a team we were. And I was even more so, again, so much excited to have a second birth because I knew this is going to be so good for us. And this intimacy and um, this being close and your birth partner is is the main person to trigger oxytocin. And 
if he knows what to do, if he knows how to please you, to, to hug you, to tell you nice words, to massage you. Yeah, this is um, very, very, very important. Yeah. So beautiful. Thank you for saying that. I mean, I think for even for me so long, I focused on birth, but we have to look at birth impacts these next days, weeks, and year. And it's so important. Yeah. I agree with you to have that connection, that partnership, and that intimacy that birth can actually enhance as you go into that next phase of parenting, which as you say, can be challenging and joyful and brings many emotions. So it's great to have that strong connection. So I have to ask you for all the people that are listening, both from your own experience for your births and also as a doula supporting many others, what would you, if you had to pick kind of one thing that you would recommend to people that are listening that are preparing for their birth, what could they do to help prepare for that joyful, blissful, orgasmic birth? Yeah, I think to be open, to be really open and to be curious, to be curious, to try out things, to with your partner, with yourself, to, to have a good laugh, to to see it as something really, really positive. And I have always those affirmations that you're like, this is something so positive I'm going to experience. It's maybe challenging, but I'm excited to have that challenge. I'm excited to, to experience that challenge. And to really to change your mind, this was the main difference for me to be mentally prepared. This is so important that you're mentally prepared, that you see, that you're imagining your birth and that you know you're going to be feeling like a goddess and you have all the rights that you should feel like a goddess. Oh, beautiful, Andrea. What great wisdom. Is there anything else you want to share either about your birth or in preparing for a blissful birth that we didn't talk about? Yeah, I think in short, I think it's maybe if you have a list of what is the most important, all those points, one to 10, I think the most, one of the most important points, maybe it's, it's at point one or two, I would really say is, is the support and the place where you give birth. So often people are like, oh, wow, you gave, you had a home birth. You, you, you're really brave. But I always say, wow, you went to the hospital. You are really brave. Because <laughs> I knew with a home birth that the midwife and everybody who is there, they're going to be on my side. I don't have to fight for rights. I don't have to stand up. And also my partner, he always told me, I was so happy that you chose to do that because he would have been overwhelmed being in a hospital and have to stand up against doctors and be like, hey, we didn't want that, but this is our birth plan. Did you see our birth plan? And so on and so on. So hospital policies, unfortunately, they can really get in your way. And very often... I realized that women are maybe a bit disappointed. So yes. the right place is the most important. Yeah. I love how you say that. And Andrea, you even say stand up. And of course, as soon as you said that, I've been blessed that you're sharing your birth video with us and it will be 
on our blog, people will be able to go to orgasmic birth and see your full story and that there. And you literally, and you explained it, you gave birth standing up. So when you said that, I thought, yeah, it's very hard. And there are a few people that stand up in a hospital to give birth, but not so many. So the fact that your midwife just encouraged you to stand up at that moment. And it made me think about it. Did you feel that water was really too hot? I remember hearing her say the water's too hot. And I thought, really? No, I felt great. <laughs> I felt great. I was like, I'm not standing up. But <laughs> I was impressed you could stand up with a head between your legs. Like you were like, boop, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there as well, you know, it wasn't really in my head that I give birth like that. And for very often, it is not like that, that you have the birth you have in your head completely. But it means like being open, it can get even better. Because I love the fact that I was standing giving birth, but it wasn't planned. Yeah, that's beautiful. And to have that freedom. So place of birth really matters. I do hope everybody listening really is taking in so many of these nuggets that you've given about preparing for birth fully and where and how and and opening fully to birth. So I know a lot of people are going to be saying, how can they find you? Can you tell us a bit about where people can follow you and where's the best way to connect with you for more information? Yes, I would love to. So on my Instagram account, where I share a lot about birth and about um, loving partnership, and uh, this is my name, Andrea House here, where you find me. And then there is my website, which is www.birthprepcourse.com. Oh, that's a good, easy one too. Birthprepcourse.com. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, Andrea, I have to thank you so much. I know that your story really touched me, right? We both choked up and the tears were there. And it's just so beautiful to hear all that you've brought into your own life. And now that you're, I call it birthing it forward to other people (laughs) that would like to work with you and also prepare in these special ways. So thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me such a joy. And for everyone listening, I really hope that you will kind of maybe even listen to this twice. There's so many nuggets that Andrea shared and we'd love to hear from you. So please pull your favorite quotes and comments and tag us on Instagram or on social. We'd love to hear what your favorite part of our talk was today. Thanks for listening to the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about pleasure in birth parenting and birth work, visit orgasmicbirth.com forward slash more for my free gifts. And please leave a review about your experience. Reviews help us to reach more people and please subscribe.